Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, News for San Antonio. Spurs will play tonight as they'll host the Brooklyn Nets in what is Star Wars night. Oh, my goodness. It is Star Wars night. And, yeah, I know the Spurs are struggling, and I should be looking at that more, but it's freaking Star Wars night, man. It's Spurs, Star Wars, black, silver, silver, all that good stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that today with my guest. I'll introduce in a few seconds. Um, but we're also going to be previewing uh, tonight's contest, uh, some keys to victory for your Spurs. Also on the show, the rookies out in Austin, they're really shining bright. Keldon Johnson, Lucas Amonich, uh, uh, Weatherspoon, the trio looking mighty fine. But if we have to pick one, just one rookie right now who needs the call up for a permanent spot on the roster, who would that be and why? To do that and more, I am. I think I should be honored, privileged right now to bring on the man, the myth, the legend, James, the Mandalorian. Pleasure, <laughs> James. Welcome back. What's going on? May the force be with you, my friend. Thank you, and may the force be with you too. Star Wars night. Uh, we're gonna have some fun with that towards the end of the show. I have a big question for you, and I think you'll love it. Uh, but Spurs and Nets—they gotta take care of some business tonight. Uh, Spurs would love to get a W. Uh, those are far and few between now. Um, this Nets team is not to be looked over. Um, you know, despite their kind of 500-ish record, this is a team that could give Spurs problems tonight, James. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at the way that Spencer Dinwiddie's been playing uh, while Kyrie Irving's been out, and it's been phenomenal. This is a team that's 15 and 12. They're playing a lot better without KD and even without Kyrie here of late, and they're playing so much better than we thought. Um, Jackson Hayes, the former Texas Longhorn, has been just tearing it up down in the paint defensively, and you look at it and it's like, wow, this team, once fully constructed and healthy, could be very scary in the near future. That that they are, and I think the Spurs need to take advantage of the fact that they're the team will be without Kyrie Irving. Uh, obviously, they're without uh, you know Kevin Durant, uh, but still not take this team lightly. And I bring that up because you know you got Derek White, uh, Dejounte Murray, Brent Forbes. You know, imagine if Kyrie was playing tonight that that would have been a handful for them. They need to take advantage of that. They need to really have the guard play come to life tonight versus Brooklyn. And also, too, for my key is this is control the boards. Uh, the Nets are fifth in the league in rebounds per game at 48.3 per game. Uh, they can clean the glass. Now, the Spurs are no slouches as well. Uh, they rank up there in the league, uh, currently six in rebounds per game. That's about uh, 50 per game. So, hey, there's something to be positive about, James. Hey, look at that. They, they they rebound the ball well. So I think whoever controls the glass could possibly come out with a W, James. Uh, I don't know that the Spurs actually want to come out with a W. Interesting. Why do you bring that up? Um, I know it's forbidden to use the the T word, as it's called. Uh, Mark Cuban got fined for bringing it up at one point. But if you look at this team and kind of the way things have gone, you notice at times that they can play with anyone. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by the first half of that Houston game. Defensively, they are atrocious. But if you look at certain things, and I tweeted out the stat earlier today, although only on the court for like 10 or 15 minutes this season, the defensive plus minus of what they score versus what they allow is downright incredible 
when you look at the combination of like Derek White and DeJounte Murray together, mm-hmm. but they don't play together. And you would think Pop, being a defensive first guy, would be looking to get his best defensive matchups out on the court. But instead, after they build that huge lead over 25 points, what do we see? We see a defensive lineup in that final half of the game that consists mostly of some of your worst defenders, LaMarcus, Marco Bellinelli, Rudy Gay. Um, I mean, the, the lineups they Brent Forbes, the lineups they had out there were not defensive lineups. They're not what you would use to hold a 25-point lead, especially when the lead starts slipping away. So I think that they are stealing minutes where they can for the young guys and then forcing the hand. Like The players are obviously going to try, and they're not trying to lose. Mm -hmm. But a coaching staff can put in lineups that make it easier to lose. That's kind of the progressive tank these days is how do you close out games what lineups are on the floor blah 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 stuff like that Mm -hmm. those are the things that you start to see with this new era of you know tanking and I'm starting to kind of see that in the Spurs lineups towards the end of games because you see them giving up leads all the time and when you have a uh, plus minus of plus 10 in the last game why is Lonnie Walker only playing 10 minutes well, how is he supposed to keep getting better if he's not getting minutes? So you're saying they're low key tanking. He's playing well, and we've seen these instances where Lonnie Walker, when given the opportunity and the minutes, balls out. It, it's it's obviously not a practice thing anymore because they don't practice that much. So it has to be the fact that they are legitimately afraid if these players play too much, they will win too many games. So they're low-key tanking is what you're getting at. Uh, sure. Okay. Well, we, need, we need to find up a, a better word for it. So it's kind of, you know, under the radar, kind of like right. a secret code word for it. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe positioning themselves for the best possible draft pick. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, um, if they can, you but know. But you can't tell me you haven't versus... seen this late in games, Jeff, to where these lineups are – of the most atrocious defensive lineups that you could possibly imagine. Like there's no reason, especially when Marco Bellinelli is just ice cold from the floor that he should be continuing to get minutes because let's face it, he's not a good defender either. Right. Well, look, uh, I mean, if the Spurs drop a game to the Nets, it wouldn't be too much of a shock. And I think at this point moving forward, if the Spurs lose a significant amount of games, again, it wouldn't be too much of a shock because considering how they started and then, of course, the eight-game losing streak. But I, I I see where you're getting at, but at the same time, I'm thinking would – I mean, does if you're going to just go that route, then go that route and, you know, and trade away some of your best assets and, and bring yeah. in something, you know, make I'm that happen. about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. What you, do you look at the depth of this team and where the depth lies. And you, you talked early about Samanich and Quindary and Keldon and what they're doing down in, in the G League with the Austin Spurs. Well, only one of those guys you can consider a quote unquote four, but he still needs time in the weight room to be able to bulk up enough to be able to handle fours in the NBA. So you can't really bring him up yet. But if you get rid of, you know, LaMarcus and DeMar, you can get extra draft picks. 
if you low key position yourself for the best possible draft pick, isn't that what we decided it was? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you do this throughout the season, there's a really good big that's probably coming out at the end of the year, and his name is James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. He is an athletic, bouncy. His offensive game's a lot better than most anticipated it would be at the next level, and there's room for improvement. And there are a couple other fours and athletic, moving-type defenders in the low block that you can really develop there as well, too. And if you're the Spurs, it's hard to change the tires year after year after year going 60 down the freeway without having to pull over and completely take the tire off and change it. They've done it a couple of times and they've managed to do it, but when they've managed to do it, they've had NBA Hall of Famers to do it around. Right. They don't have that anymore. LaMarcus and DeMar are not guys that are going to carry you to the promised land. They, they need to be the second to carrying you to the promised land. And, then, and when the Western Conference is as deep as it is, just rip the Band-Aid off, man, because this it, it's probably going to take a couple of years. But we've seen what the Sixers did and how they've positioned themselves now. We've seen what the Mavericks did and how they are starting to come around by finally getting that guy they wanted in the draft. Mm-hmm. Spurs, go for it. Rip the Band-Aid off and let's get this because let's face it. The Warriors are also going to get healthy next year, and they will likely be in that lottery sweepstakes too. So, and they've already got a good head start on you in that regard. Uh, James, did you just totally do a uh, Jedi mind trick on the first segment of Lockdown Spurs going from Nets Spurs preview to tanking? I think you did a good job of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but if you look at it, because Nets Spurs, and we're trying to talk about ways to win. But I think it's best for the fan base if you take winning out of the equation because the West is so deep. And I get it. You're only two games out of the eight seed. But what is the worst thing that you can possibly be in the NBA? In the Mediocre. middle. Stuck in the middle. In yeah. the middle. And especially in the middle, making the playoffs to where you don't get a lottery pick. You get yeah, no start- ping pong balls, so you can't end up with that one magic lottery ball that puts you and changes your franchise the way David Robinson and Tim Duncan did. Right. We saw that with the Hawks uh, during their middle-of-the-pack days. Um, they were just that perpetual middle-of-the-road uh, team, and they never went anywhere until you know they started changing things a bit. Uh, I, think the Spurs, I think the Spurs, yeah, the Spurs are at a crossroads, and that crossroads is staring at them right now. I think the biggest uh, push in whatever direction they go will be, in my opinion, James, uh, DeRozan and his future in San Antonio. I think mm-hmm. new GM Brian Wright has a big, <laughs> you know, a big number one thing on his to-do list. Either it be this <laughs> trade deadline or at the end of the season, what to do with DeMar. Um, I don't suspect the Spurs to be major players in the trade deadline and unless somebody wows them, I just don't see it. Pop loves to stick with what he got. And of course, if they're doing the positioning for the best draft pick, then they probably won't go that route as uh, you know, you would probably you, I know you probably won't want them to see to do to improve. Nevertheless, if it's, it's just this, I, I just, I just can't see as competitive as pop can be. And, and, and Damar and, and LMA 
uh, well, I don't know about LMA, but as competitive as, as uh, some of the veterans can be, I just don't see them losing games. I just can't. I mean, DeMar DeRozan. But that's the thing. Pop yeah. got to this level because he lost games early. He sat David Robinson on the bench despite the fact that he was cleared and ready to come back from his back injury. Like, th- this is how the Spurs got to 20-plus years of making the playoffs. This is how they got to five championships. This is how they got three Hall of Famers. This is the route that, that started it all. So well, why would you not embrace it when it's actually what got you basically all the success that you've earned? And Papa's credited it all to Tim. Like, I wouldn't be who I am if not for Tim Duncan. He deserves all the credit. That guy that's sitting next to you on the bench, or I guess next to Becky on the bench, yeah. you got him by willfully losing games at the end of a season that didn't matter because David Robinson was hurt, and you just let him stay out. Is this upcoming draft really that, that deep? Is there a David Robinson, a, a Doncic, a Tim Duncan? on the board. I just don't see it. Uh, Wiseman, I think he's a good player, but is he franchise though? Uh, it's, it's really hard to say until obviously you get those guys in. I mean, of course we just had the one with Zion and RJ Barrett, but RJ Barrett, while he was highly touted, I don't think anybody thought he was franchise changer, but he's playing very well with the Knicks. I mean, you look at some of the other players, whether it's Rui Hachimura later in the draft, like these guys can shock you. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty deep. You've got Cole Anthony. You've got some other guards in there too. And I'm always of the, you take the best player and not a position to need in the NBA, because guess what? You can flip assets and, and supplement elsewhere. You can trade players for what you need the, for people that fit into the system that you want to run. And I'll tell you what, the Spurs are missing a couple of things right now. They're missing uh, a, a defensive big that can provide some offense, and James Wiseman would be great at that. Or they're missing floor spacing. Because when you traded David Bur- Davis Bertans to make room for Marcus Morris, who then defected to the Knicks, you lost one of your few floor spacers, and look what he's doing, averaging over 11 three-point attempts per Mm -hmm. in Washington, and the Spurs just seemingly don't put up enough threes throughout the course of a game when the game is trending that way. Well, um, yeah, I, I mean, if, if, all, if you're seeing these signs of the, the Spurs, you know, doing, doing the T word, then, I mean, it looks like they're probably going to continue that pattern. And, of course, well, I mean, I, I see the signs only because it's it's not blatant, but it's like, why would a master a basketball mastermind, especially a defensive mastermind the way Pop is, when you're having a 25-point lead slip away? not put his best defenders on the court together. You're right. Yeah, there, there's been questionable rotations, questionable lineups. I think all of the Spurs fan base see that, and that's the biggest gripe on social media um, among the fans. Like, what's going on, Pop? Why is Marco and Forbes out there? And James Harden is lighting you up. Um, yeah, I see it. I mean, I see it too. And, you know, maybe that's what they're doing. Uh but against the Nets tonight, they've won 16 straight versus uh, Brooklyn and San Antonio. So um, maybe history uh, will be broken tonight, James. And hey, another <laughs> L 
for the T word. I think we got to start cheering for those L's. Like <laughs> we're going to see, we're going here's, here's one of the things we need to look for. If we're going to embrace this, you look for the positives in the middle of the game. You look for the highlight dunk from DeJounte. You look for the steal and, and dunk, or you, you look for those moments where DeJounte gets a steal and a breakaway dunk or Derek white, you know, hits a three that puts you up big before, you know, you see that other lineup come in. Like, whatever it may be, you got to look for the small positives within the game, within the context of the game, the highlight play, whatever it may be, things that really jazz you up. Because if you fall with wins and losses on the season, I have a feeling you're going to be pretty upset at the end of the season. But it's all for the greater good. So, you're, so it sounds like uh, Mr. Pledger is playing the long game uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Play the long game, get yourself – you know, a good position in the draft, get yourself a quality player and continue pushing the long game. And yeah, you're right. Does that long game include LMA and um, DeMar DeRozan? Does that long game include Bryn Forbes, who's in a contract season and lately has not been been looking good at all lately? If it's me, no, like you, you ship off LMA who's got, two years left on his contract. You try and get something for DeMar DeRozan before you lose him to free agency. You try and get whatever you can for Brent Forbes and see if you can build a team that will be easily, a lot easier to build from the ground up. And and once you kind of get the foundation in place to where all you need is that guy like a Doncic or whatever to where, they they put Kristaps there, they did this, they did that, and all of a sudden Doncic takes it to the next level, and boom, the Mavericks are out and running this year. I mean, you saw it with the, with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go out and get Anthony Davis, they put a couple of key little players around them, like a Danny Green, a shooter, or, you know, players like that, and boom, Lakers right in the mix, you, you know. If, as long as the foundations – I mean, look at the Clippers, and, and we talked about this before the season started – they had the foundation in place and they didn't have to give up any of that foundation when it comes to, you know, Montrez Harrell or Patrick Beverly or sweet Lou Williams, who they should Mm -hmm. just call it the sweet Lou Williams six man of the year award from now on. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) But you know, you drop a Kawhi and a Paul George in there and boom, that is instantly a title contender. And you look at what the, the bucks are doing. They built such a great team with such a great foundation that they were able to really not be affected by the loss of a Malcolm Brogdon who Mm -hmm. is falling out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. uh, The Spurs got some stuff on their plate and hopefully um, it'll be good times sometime down the road. Cause right now it's not good times in Spurs land. The Spurs uh, briefly before we move on to our second uh, segment, Come into tonight's game 10 and 16. The Nets are 15 and 12. As mentioned, the Spurs have won 16 straight, Versus Brooklyn in San Antonio. Of course, that's also when they were the New Jersey Nets too, James. How about that? Um, Here's the difference in that, Jeff. While we're 10 and 16 and they're 15 and and 12, the Spurs have been relatively healthy all year. The Nets have not. That tells you the difference in the the talent Mm -hmm. level between the two teams. Exactly. And uh, just a little nugget for you guys that are loving stats and everything and the little quirky stuff about the Spurs. The Spurs are five and one at home when leading after the first period. Something to look at tonight versus Brooklyn. When we get back, we're going to continue our chat with James Pleasure of ESPN San Antonio. And 
um, he's probably already, you know, you know, moving his hands together, loving the next uh, topic. We're going to be talking about those rookies out in Austin. Yeah. You know, James, I apologize. I did not what? introduce you properly again. Um, Why? Well, I dived into Star Wars talk too soon. I That clouded my oh, mind. No, that's good. We're yeah, good, no. man. Yeah, well, well, again, James, James Pledger, he's a co-host of uh, well, one of the best shows you should definitely be checking out every Saturday morning, the Saturday morning hangover over at ESPN San Antonio 94.5 <laughs> on the radio dial. He and RJ Ochoa, they bring it. And you guys are really focusing on the Cowboys of late, and I, I can see why. But uh, y'all do some Spurs <laughs> talk, too, as well. Yeah, we're we're going to get some Spurs talk in there. We're going to talk about the low-key uh, positioning yourself for the best possible draft <laughs> pick coming up here. Because it is fun to talk about in terms of whether you really want to see the streak end. And by the streak, I mean the consecutive years making the playoff streak. Because I I believe the longer you keep that alive, the more detrimental it is to you in the the near future. Because if you can rip the Band-Aid off, start the rebuild early, know, know where you're heading and have a plan in place, But if you're trying to consistently just kind of put pieces and parts around, you're going to be stuck in the middle. And we both know there's no worse place to be in the NBA than stuck in the middle. That's right. So make sure to check out uh, Saturday Morning Hangover every Saturday on ESPN San Antonio Radio 94.5. And, of course, on the AM, that one always eludes me. What's the AM one again, James? 1250. 1250. There you go. Uh, There's a trio of young Padawans up in Austin. Ooh. Yeah. And, See what you uh, did there. Yeah, you like that on huh? Star Wars nights. Yeah, I told you that that, that got in my head there. Um, you got Maybe young Jedi's, it. young Jedi's, Quindari Weatherspoon, Lucas Amanich, and Kelvin Johnson. Now, briefly, Kelvin Johnson has been leading the team in scoring. I think a, a little over, a little under twenty, like nineteen and a half per game. You got Weatherspoon, who's leading Austin with the most assists per game at about four point six. Samanich is dropping double doubles left and right. James. These kids are balling and they're looking good. What do the Spurs got to do with these? Um, they they, they got to get them some NBA experience sooner or later, right? Well, all we have to do is look back to recent history to find out exactly what the Spurs' plan with young players is. Let's uh, just go back to our last recent first round pick. Uh, DeJounte Murray, he he spent most of his first year in the G League, only coming mm-hmm. up to basically play one or two minutes at the end of a blowout or something, right? right? And about 10 to 15 games that year. Well, what about the one before that? What about Derek White? What did he do? Did he spend most of his time in the G League tearing it up, uh, taking the Austin Spurs to, a, I believe, a G League title? Mm-hmm. He sure did. Okay, so he didn't spend much time in San Antonio either. What about... Let's try and find out the last person who did help as a rookie. I think he's in L.A. now, right? Yep. And before him, did any rookies really ever make any kind of impact outside of the G League? I am Boban. You forget about Boban. Ah, Boban, yes. <laughs> but he served, He filled a need. Yeah, he did. They needed a big that could defend and kind of – you know, understood the system. And Bobom wasn't 
quite quote unquote a rookie because he was a older and from overseas. So he had lots mm-hmm. of professional experience, right? There you go. So the Spurs plan is to develop these guys in the G league because they will get minutes there and it's hard to replicate minutes because you don't get as much time to practice in today's NBA. There's just not as many days to where pop can bring people into the gym and run sets and do all that kind of stuff because of all the travel and back-to-backs and three and four and all that kind of stuff that they do. The practice time is limited. You're mainly just having shoot arounds before games. So this is the best way to groom these kids coming out of college and most of them one or two years in college and get them some sort of experience before bringing them up. And and we've seen it time after time after time. The Spurs just bring guys along slowly. And so I don't think it's, it's in a, their best interest or us to kind of rush the process that we've seen work so well with whether it's Roger Mason or, you know, Ginobili or Tony Parker, even, you know, the guys that they bring along, they bring along at a certain pace for a reason. And they'll start to give them minutes when they start to believe that these guys can at least handle almost any situation in the game. You know, get them the game experience in the G League. That way, when they get to the NBA, they're not perplexed or confused by the system because while they're in the G league, they're kind of running some of the sets that the Spurs will run. So it kind of gives them a little bit of continuity to be able to call them up and them not be confused with where they are Mm -hmm. in certain situations. So I think it's best that these guys, unfortunately stay down in Austin because if Lonnie Walker can barely get on the court what can we expect from right. Keldon or Quindary or Luca or whoever it may be? Because Lonnie has proved when given the minutes that he does excel in games. So if you bring up some of these younger guys, you're just going to be stunting their development because they're not going to be getting any time on the floor. Well, I, I was um, able to speak with all three rookies um, the moment they got drafted by San Antonio and all of them applauded the Spurs development uh, path uh, to a T. Weatherspoon told me that he's looking forward to that. Keldon Johnson told me about that. Uh, Lucas Amadej even pointed out Derek White. He said he looked at Derek White's mm-hmm. path. So they're aware of it. I think they're embracing it and they're doing really well in Austin. As we mentioned, you know, they're, they're tearing it up. Now it is G League, not to discount it, but it's not NBA talent level. We'll see if that translates with them. Uh, so, but in a perfect world and if James Pledger used the force on Pop and did a <laughs> mind trick on him and you told him, Pop, you must call up blank rookie, who would that be and why? In a yeah. perfect world? Yeah. If you saw this am- Spurs roster, you're saying, you know what? This rookie out in Austin can help right now. Who would that be? I am mind-tricking Pop into trading DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) Hold on. To help get Lonnie on the floor. Therefore, I can call up Quindary to get those – I'm sorry, not Quindary, but uh, Keldon to get those minutes. 
I'm glad you brought up Kelton because, as I mentioned, he's leading Austin in scoring. And this kid plays with some toughness and some fierceness. He bodies guys. He isn't afraid to take it to the rim in the trees. He isn't afraid to express his feelings about getting an and one <laughs> or dunking on somebody. He's very vocal. Not in a, not in a, hey, you know, move here, go there. But he's just vocal as far as his passion for the game. Yeah. He brings a lot of energy and his motor and he has, he has size. He, you know, he's just a kid, but he's a very big kid. I agree with you. If it was me and I Jedi mind trick pop into bringing up one of those uh, rookies, I would actually go with Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon okay. is actually, actually having one of the more quieter, but very, very, very productive uh, seasons uh, for the Austin Spurs roster. He's balanced. 45, I've got a question for you, Jeff, Go about Quindary. If you're going to bring Q up, yeah. how are you getting him on the floor? Because Derek and DeJounte are your two main ball handlers. And then you also have uh, um, DeMar handling the ball at multiple t- at points in the game. How are you getting Q on the court if that's the case? Because that's okay. why I bring up Keldon, because I can play him off of those guys. Gotcha. Well, you know, you know, in my Jedi mind trick, it was just simply just doing the mind trick, just to do the mind trick, and that's it. You know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm and I'm loving the fact that I have force powers, and that's all. Um, I'm getting antsy with it now. If I put some thought into the mind trick and really evaluated it, then I would go with Samanich. Um, okay. Yeah, I see the Spurs I can see need. That. Yeah, I see the Spurs need. For I mean, he, I guess he's a big. Yeah, I guess he's a big. You know, although he doesn't he's, play like a big. He, when drafted, the yeah. I believe their thought process was he was going to be that stretch four that basically Rudy Gay is for them right now. Right. Or I guess when they signed Damari Carroll, what they envisioned him being, or when they tried to bring in Marcus Morris, what they you know a guy who can play the four but right. still space the floor. Yeah, I, I definitely like Luca. For his size and his, uh, he has incredible, um, you know, speed. Um, he can finish at the rim. Uh, he's very crafty. Um, he can he can assist the hell out of the ball. Uh, he can do some fancy uh, passing, and obviously he can score. Uh, his weakness is the three point shot. That's still something he's to work on. I think it's hovering a little, you know, thirty ish, thirty one percent. Love to see more improvement on that, but I think. His game could translate into the Spurs system right now. What he provides, what he can do on the court on both ends. Uh, he's not afraid to um, block attempt. You know, he, he'll get up there and he whiffs. He'll try it. But overall, I like Samanich's game in a very well thought out Jedi mind trick. But this is just Jedi mind trick. Just to do a Jedi mind trick, I'd, I'd go with Weatherspoon just simply because I've, I've been a fan of his game. I like the <laughs> fact that he's. He played four years of college. He's an older rookie by NBA. Basically, yeah. But um, you know, he he runs the floor well. He's all about getting the teammates involved. Uh, I've been watching a lot more Austin Spurs games this season, and I can see that in him. And of course, very even across the board, stat wise. You know, he's not the greatest shooter, but he's not bad. He's not. A high volume score, but he'll get you double figure scoring at the end of the night. You're scratching your head like, how mm-hmm. the hell did he do that? You know, he had, how did he finish with 18 points? You know, where did that come from? And he gives you a good rebounding five to six. Obviously, that's in Austin. 
you, you take it down a notch, uh, translating their game from that league to the NBA. Uh, but yeah, if it's just for immediate need right now, obviously, Lucas Samanich. Uh, when we get back, we're going to continue our chat with James Pledger of ESPN San Antonio. And it's time to dive into a little bit of Star Wars fun. <laughs> We're back with James Pleasure, ESPN San Antonio, co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. As we make it very well known on the show so far, James, that it is Star Wars Night in San Antonio. If you can right go you to are. tonight, <laughs> if you can go to uh, tonight's game and cosplay one character, who would it be and why? Oh wow, that is a great question because I've envision myself in multiple, multiple different Star Wars outfits throughout the time from when I was a kid, whether it was wanting to be Luke Skywalker or the older I got, uh, switching it up to be Han Solo. But I would say currently, if I were to try to be someone I would lean either Anakin or Kylo. Hmm. Interesting. Now you went from the light side kind of ish, you know, he was light side for a bit and then he eventually turned Mm -hmm. to just flat out dark side. You telling us something James here about about yourself? No, no. I I look at it and uh, the, and it would probably be Anakin more than anything, just because his story, like, the the turn from the light to the dark and how he was manipulated and yeah. it, it was just as bad as the first two movies were <laughs> yeah the third one uh revenge of the seth was just it was a really good tale to be told about the how anakin was finally turned to the dark side and the things used to really kind of placate to him and, and get him to buy in and and how everything fell into place. It's just, it's really interesting to me. For me, um, I struggle with this question. Um, same as you, you know, cause you know, you go through, I went to different phases, you know, I love Darth Vader. I still do. I love the armor, the mask, the, the whole swag about him. Um, and no, there was a time where I would look, love the look of uh, Captain Solo, you know, the old Western look. I dug that. Uh, but fast forward to today, I have it as a um, as a three way tie. Uh, oh. One, the Mandalorian, that armor, nice. The, the cape, the helmet, uh, you know, the contraptions, uh, you know, the different weaponry he has. It's just a badass look. Love it. Um, I don't know. Did you and see the recent? He's highly uh, more functional than Boba Fett ever right. was in the movie. Yeah, and the close thing with Django. Django at least showed off a little bit of his uh, his gear, you know, but not to the level of Mando. Um, did you see the most recent uh, show? Because I don't want to spoil it for you. Chapter six. Uh, chapter uh, seven. Chapter seven. No, I haven't seen chapter seven yet. Okay, well, they introduce a baddie at the end. Um, that I don't want to spoil it for you, but. Just picture a souped-up Imperial pilot, and it looks bad. Nice. So I'll leave it like that. Now, the third one, and this may trump them on. I might go with number three. Give me some look of Lando. Lando Calrissian Okay. Empire Strikes Back. That cape, that smooth look, you know, the swagger he had. 
I, I dig I dig that look. What do you think, James? I like it too. It's one kind of reasons I like Kylo Ren mm-hmm. is you know you've got the Darth Vader mask in a in a sense, but you've also got his his Sith robe. It's yeah. so different from others because it's more form fitting. It's not loose and flowing. He's got the arm wraps, the black wraps that go up his arms. It's just a really low key cool look. Yeah, it's a very very cool look. Now I, I think you're well aware. Of, I think all of Spurs fandom in San Antonio knows that I'm not a fan of the most recent three. Oh, uh, <laughs> but I do. I do give not my thing good. But that said, <laughs> I do have my tickets for Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, make sure you bring in a flask because you might need it. But <laughs> oh no, um, I do give him credit for a few things. Uh, one thing I do love the costumes. I do like the look of Kylo Ren uh, in mask, not without the mask. I like him better in mask. Um, but I think I dig that. Um, I dig the look of the new stormtroopers. It looked just the way they show mm-hmm. the evolution of the uniform to what it's at now. I, I dig the look of cool. Ray. I'm sorry, say that again. I dig the look of Ray. Yeah, I did. They did you notice too? They went with the gray uniform in The mm-hmm. Last Jedi. We've never seen that before. So we got a gray uniform. Because I think Anakin went with all black robes, even when he was a Jedi, right? Uh, he wore light in the first two, uh, but it turned darker in that third Revenge the third. of the Sith. Even when he was still a Jedi, right? He hadn't completely mm-hmm. turned, right? He still wore the black. So uh, yeah. they used the gray look. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I give him for like some aesthetic stuff, but as far as a plot and the senselessness of it, no, sir. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to go see it uh, when it debuts later today. So, but James and I are done. We want to hear what you think. Uh, what do you think about tonight's uh, Spurs Nets game before Pleasure mind tricked us into going off the rails and talking about the T word? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let us know how you think Spurs going to win, Nets going to win. And speaking of tanking, do you agree with James? Do you see the signs? Do you see the, um, the painting, the writing on the wall? What's going on? Uh, let us know. He'll give you his info in a few seconds. Uh, also, what about the rookies? Who would you like to see get some burn in San Antonio? What cosplay from the universe of Star Wars would you wear tonight in San Antonio? James, tell them how they can tell you what they would cosplay tonight. And, of course, everything San Antonio Spurs. Of course, you can get at me at I am Pledger on Twitter. At I am Pledger on Instagram. You know, Follow me on Facebook, James Pledger. Uh, you can get at me in any of those social media forums, and I would be happy to go back and forth with you. There you go. And, of course, Saturday morning hangover, right? Every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, as we get ready uh, to kind of put a wrap on the college football season as it comes to a close. The regular season in the NFL is winding down. And, of course, the NBA season is starting officially with the Christmas Day games coming up. Yeah. Yeah, so good times ahead over at the Saturday morning hangover on ESPN San Antonio. For me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Go to Spurs Zone News for San Antonio, Fox 29, San Antonio.com. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it, we are there. So please uh, subscribe. I would appreciate that. So for James, I guess we got to put an email. You give us some costume names. James Kylo Ren Pledger. Is that cool? Kylo Pledger. Kylo Pledger, okay. For James Kylo Pledger. Pledger. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeff Lando Garcia. There we go. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs, and may the force be with you. <laughs>